And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning into this now, you are hearing your co-host, Kenny Buller, live and ready to bring to you our first guest back on the second floor podcast of season two. I want to thank you all for bracing yourselves, waiting patiently. For those who followed us in the first season, welcome back. For those of you who are new and are listening to this for the first time, welcome. On the Second Floor Podcast, we now bring to you fitness and health enthusiasts, anyone who lives and breathes a healthy lifestyle and has brought that to the attention of living their life physically, mentally, and spiritually at the highest level they possibly can. And when I was thinking of the first guest to bring on, this is a man who's taken on an incredible amount of sacrifice, an incredible amount of time and energy and passion towards MMA, and is now reaping the benefits he so rightfully deserves. And that is the one and only Tanner Bozer. I am very fortunate to call this man a friend of mine. I am very fortunate to have trained and had awesome experiences as a training partner with Tanner in our life as well. He's actually, I like to say, my my right hand, uh, my brother's right hand man when it comes to both of them aspiring to be um, the greatest UFC fighters. And Tanner very much so making his way, earning that rank as he fights Andre Arvlowski on November 7th coming up on the weekend here super excited to see him in action him and my brother kb and their head training coach jeff are heading there to vegas and tanner's getting ready to rightfully hold his deserving title currently as the number 15 heavyweight tanner bozer on the episode goes into detail about you know for starters not just normal things you're just going to be hearing out of uh, for those MMA fans out there, uh, what you would all always are trying to get out of somebody in uh, an interview from a fighter. And this is something I've actually spoken about with Tanner. KB and I, we joke about a lot, uh, this a lot where a lot of people who interview fighters, I'm not saying everyone, but sometimes it's uh, it's some of the same language used, right? Like, oh, what are you going to do to prepare for this fight? Uh, you know, what's your game plan? What's your strategy? Uh, do you feel ready? Are you nervous? Well, we're we're going to let that all go, and we're actually just going to uh, get to know Tanner a little bit for who he is and, and why he has so much love for the game and, um, you know, some of the topics we discussed, which uh, I, I find you're going to take a lot of interest in is, you know, the value of what having good coaches is like. That's something that Tanner cares deeply about. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about his training partners and, and, and why having the right set of training partners is so important to executing the right game plan in uh, fighting MMA. A little bit about his post-COVID training experience. Um, you know, we're going to go into detail actually about how dedicated and loyal Tanner actually is to his gym at Little Sweatshop. And, uh, you know, in com comparing that to like a really big corporate-esque gym that you get a lot of uh, successful fighters out of. And then let's obviously speak volumes to Tanner's physical transformation and learn a little bit of what his strength training uh, did to help him improve his fight game overall. And then, you know what, we're going to also talk about Tanner's love for Pokemon, which uh, for some of you who may or may not know this, uh, Tanner is a very avid Pokemon Go player, and we go in a little bit of deep dive into that, and we also talk about 
recognizing how he's not doing this for money. He's never signed up in the first place to fight MMA for money. And we go into his journey and his experience of what that looked like. And in this very episode, you get to learn why and how the nickname Bulldozer Bozer came about. Super excited for that and much, much more, guys. Uh, I'd like for you to tune in, learn something brand new. Remember, this podcast is all about how to survive in health and fitness, tangible tips on how to optimize your health, your fitness, um, as well as for those who are business owners and who are passionate about what you do or the daily work grind you're on, please check out our YouTube channel as well where my boy Omid is gonna be carrying through and showcasing the business side and I am going to be carrying through the health and fitness side on the podcast. So without further ado, we're gonna dive deep. If you like this episode, if you're tuning in and you're following our journey, please go on any of the streaming platforms for audio i'm talking about itunes apple spotify you name it share a review share like subscribe check us out on instagram Uh, it would mean so so much to us so without further ado let's dive in guys Welcome. Thanks. <laughs> it's good to have you, man. You're so you're opening up Tanner like the first pilot episode of season two, and as I said, we're mainly talking about uh, the survival component of the podcast. So previous to this, we had how to survive, we had how to thrive, and then we had how to keep the good vibes going. Now we're on the premise of bringing athletes, bringing um, health and fitness experts, bringing anyone who represents survival to its highest peak. All right. Well, I mean, I I fight people for money, but I ain't out there surviving in the wilderness like Bear Grylls or anything. So I don't know what you mean by survivalist, but all right. Well, I don't know. Like with with the team that you have under your back, right? So you guys have the whole Shade Bears mentality. Yeah. So that, I would argue, in and of itself, has that element of into the wild, so to speak, of how you guys operate from a marketing perspective. Okay. Right? So if, if you allow me to ask you, do you find that with, with fighting and what you do as a profession, is it more or less of an independent sport or do you find that there's a, there's a huge team aspect to it? It's both. It has to be independent in that you have to be motivated to show up and train every day. You know, you have to do your strength and conditioning. Maybe you don't do that with a group. Um, but you need a team. You can't, nobody can do it by themselves. If you don't have a team or coaches, you're simply not going to get better or good enough to like, you could, maybe you're extremely athletic and maybe you're just naturally gifted and there's a, you can win a few fights, but you're not going to win consistently and get to a high level if you don't have a good group of training partners and good coaches. So in that way, you know, you do have a team, although you compete individually. So it's kind of a mix of both. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Do you find that your, your training partners per se have to be at the same level as you as far as competition wise like do you almost look at it like now that you're in the UFC they either have to be on par with that or they have to be at a high international organization where they're training like are those things you think about when it comes to being on the same page no um 
my training partners are really good and they've been with me. I've been training with them for a long time. Sure. I happened to get signed to UFC before some of these guys like Teddy Asher or KB, your brother, KB Buller, uh, Graham Park. These guys are all really, really good high level guys. I happened to get signed to UFC probably just cause I fight a lot. And eventually I just happened to, they were coming to Edmonton. They signed me cause I was a local guy and then I'm, I've stuck with it and I'm doing okay right now. But just because I'm in UFC, it's not like this thing where I have some sort of ability they don't have. I've been yeah. training with these guys the whole time. They're all really good. You know, uh, KB's fighting on the Contender Series right away. He might be in UFC soon. Uh, Teddy fought on the Contender Series, and he's got uh, championships out the ass here in Canada and multiple yeah. organizations and weight classes. Um, I train with good guys. Just because I have that UFC label beside me right now, it doesn't doesn't change anything you know if you don't have good guys training with you yeah that's a problem but i do they just don't happen to fight for big leagues at the moment doesn't mean they won't some other guys spencer jeb fights for m1 that's a pretty big league you know yeah. the russian leagues are big leagues um you know i got i got good training partners so yeah no that's awesome man and i i find giving that validation to to the outside whoever are, are actual mma fans or people who train i find it's a huge testament to recognizing that you don't need to leave like a different gym to go and train with quote unquote better guys. And I find when people say better guys or oh, someone's been in the UFC longer, so they should be a part of your uh, training program or your fight camp. It's like, these are guys who know you inside and out. They, they know your strong points. They know uh, certain parts that you want to build up on your game. And it sounds to me like you want to focus on growing together as opposed to one day being like, Hey, we're all training partners. We're all going to go our separate ways. Yeah, some guys do end up going uh, to like a super gym, you know, as they're called. Yeah. Your your um, your Jacksons, uh, American Top Team, any of those places, and that's fine. Maybe some guys need to do that. I don't. I don't feel I need to, and I don't want to. I like it here. Uh, I'm happy here. My coaches know me, and I I get in good training. I don't. I'm proving that I don't need to go somewhere else. I'm fighting guys from super gyms, and I'm beating most of them. So yeah, I don't. Um, Maybe some people do. Maybe some people got to the highest, uh, you know, the pinnacle they could at their gym with their current training training situation, and they have to go train somewhere else. I don't know everybody's situation, but mine, I have good guys and I have good coaches, and I'm constantly getting better with uh, my with uh, Jeff Montemiro and Kajiro Noda. Yeah. My coaches, they they know what to what to do with me to make me better all the time, and I don't have to. I don't have to go anywhere. I have everything I need here. And if there ever comes a point where I I somehow think that wow, I'm really capped out here. I can't get any better. Well, then that's where I'll stay cuz I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not into moving. I'm not into trying to spend all the money that I, you know, could spend going to live somewhere else, training somewhere else, paying these, you know, these uh career coaches shit tons of money. It's not really no, not really my thing. It kind of would defeat the purpose. You know, I, you yeah. got to have roots somewhere and I'm happy here. So these are, these are my gyms, my coaches and my training partners. And I will, I'll be here for probably forever. Nice, man. And it's like, it looks like there's a whole other component to it when it comes to like the relationships you also build with your coaches and your teammates, right? Like I know for one, KB says it so proudly, man. He's like, you know, if it weren't for Tanner giving me this book, you know, like that was a huge part of his growth and not even growth as far as just him being like, yeah, I need to fight. That's what I need to do for a living. 
and and I kind of want to flip the script and and maybe from your perspective, what's it like being Tanner Bozer's training partner? Like when when you, when someone's your training partner, when you're working with all these people and they were to yeah. say anything about like what you do for them, as far as like whether it's in training or it's out of training, what what benefit do they get about you being surrounded around them? I don't know. You gotta ask them, man. <laughs> what the hell do I know? We we have good training rounds. We train hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I gave KB a uh, book. I gave him uh, The Alchemist and yeah. I, KB's a smart guy. So I knew that he would completely understand the metaphor directly directed at him in that book. Uh, he'd come to training sometimes and he would be just miserable, just out of it and not feeling good. And I could tell, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? And he's yeah. just like, he's like, I fucking hate my life, man. Like my job, not his life, but his yeah, job, yeah, yeah. like his, his everyday the rigmarole of a nine to five. He went, he was a smart, smart guy. He went to school. He got the, got the dream job and it wasn't, it wasn't the dream job. He kind of like, you know what you have to do, unfortunately, because I mean, it would be really nice to have a, have a, have a good career and make six figures straight out of the gate or whatever. But yeah. here you are completely miserable all yeah. the time. You're like, you're not yourself. So yeah, I gave him that book, which is kind of about, and he, quit his job so I'm like well KB's either gonna thank me one day or fucking hate me but uh, yeah <laughs> you know what a few fights later in an article it was, the proof was right in the pudding man that's <laughs> yeah. awesome from, from like the the coach perspective I like how you touched upon how like you know you're at home and I just would love to pick your brain about how uh Kedro and Montemurro have been uh in any way shape or form a, a huge part of the the growth and success you, you've gotten lately through the UFC or even through uh you know how much stronger you felt lately through your strength and conditioning program just overall encompassing uh what has been a big game changer because I mean you and I both have our different reasons and stories as to why we transitioned to different gyms or like you've got a taste of what it was like being in a different gym and now you've been with Shape Bears for quite some time and just to see your like growth since is astronomical compared to other gyms you've been in the past. So when you kind of see based off of Kedro and Montemurro and the structure of a team and a co coaches, you could confidently now say and go to and be like, I'm not leaving. What is it that they do to like make you so proudly say that? Well, like I, I fight the way I fight because like in, in large part, obviously because of my coaches and, and what they teach me and if I went somewhere else and the coaching a coach changed or tried to change you, it's not really the same. Like everything I do and though every way I'm improving and learning, it's like layers. Like I have this and now I'm adding, 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 adding small things all the time. Um, they, yeah, they know exactly how I fight and they know how I should fight every single opponent I could possibly get. Right. Whether that turns out or not, they, they know what the best way for me to do that. So they're constantly improving me in, ways through, you know, all the martial arts we do, but, uh, you mentioned the strength and conditioning. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Montemiro has a strength and conditioning program. I do strength and conditioning like five days a week. And I really started doing that, um, reasonably recently, like kind of during, um, during the COVID, you yeah. know, uh, and I got, I got noticeably stronger and, and it, it helped, it helped, helped me in a lot of ways. So I've just really stuck with that and just, um, train twice sometimes thrice a day but usually twice but they're they're long like pretty hard training sessions mm -hmm. as a rule especially the strength and conditioning being in the morning you know yeah um yeah it's 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 all just improvements and i i trust my coaches so whatever whatever they think is uh the best thing for me to do well, just listen totally exactly and i find it's just a big 
testament to seeing how they just pick on your they pick apart for lack of a better term your strengths they 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 recognize what you're good at they continue to make you better and better at what you're already good at as opposed to kind of being like oh let's work on something you don't even do at all sure but i mean they'll they'll have to work on the things i don't do at all in a worst case scenario right but yeah they they build your strengths like you know not all of us that train with the same coaches fight the same me and my training partners aren't exactly the same style of fighter per se but uh our coaches are able to work with that and improve us in uh, ways that benefit our kind of natural tendencies or body types or whatever. Yep. No, absolutely. Do you find like you have uh, a little bit of uh, a debate around the difference between like fighting hard and fighting smart and the whole situation of knowing when to taper down, knowing when to just be like, Hey, if you're not fighting too, if you're not training hard enough two, three times a day, then you're not doing it right. Like what's kind of your logic from fighters listening to this? to pick apart your brain of like the routine and regimented, you know, camp or no camp you should be in when it comes to training. You mean training hard or training smart? Yeah. Well, you have to train hard. You have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who, um, is overly cerebral probably about it. I just, I just dog through it. You know, mm-hmm. I train hard a couple times a day, five days a week. I spar, uh, and grapple on Sundays as well. Saturdays I take off and sometimes like, you know, there's not a benefit necessarily to like, there's some days where maybe I trained strength and conditioning. I'm already tired. And then I went and I, I, I trained with Cadro and did striking for a long time. And then I'm going and trying to spar after and I'm a, just a pile of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's not necessarily a big benefit to that. Maybe you got to, you got to figure it out for you, but sometimes maybe in a fight, you're going to be absolutely exhausted and, and you're not going to have it. And then you're going to have to try and just figure it out, you know? So the more you train, the better it is really like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying that it's the same for everybody. Maybe some people get hurt more easily when they get tired. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't, I I'm fine. So the more you train, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a proponent for training hard uh, than training smart. Yeah. And, and with the more time you've had through COVID, like training hard, doing strength, yeah. training more have you noted like what were some of the advantages you now have that you didn't have beforehand oh i'm just well i'm just stronger yeah right <laughs> but my uh my conditioning also improved mm-hmm. so you know a bit better shape uh overall definitely stronger and because of that some of my technique came along even in striking something that you wouldn't think it would mm-hmm. because um some of the smaller sport muscles maybe that were weren't developed as much are able to um fire in like a better way and my technique was after not doing any really any striking for quite a while because of like you know the gyms being closed because of covid and me just focusing on strength and conditioning yeah i was i was like better than before which didn't really make sense but it was just that my muscles were more um conditioned to to firing in better ways i think yeah yeah no that's awesome if you, if you don't mind sharing and if you if you don't i don't mind but like, what does one typical strength day look like for you? Like, when you're in the gym, well, yeah. what, are, what are some of the workouts and movements you're doing on a strength day? Well, um, first of all, like, a short one's like, two hours. It's usually, like, three. It's, yeah. It sucks. Um, we can do a warm-up that consists of a lot of footwork and explosion-type stuff, like box jumps and, and line drills, sometimes, like, um, uh, shuttle shuttle sprints or whatever with the cones and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and so the days are broken up. I think Monday is compound lifts and, and back 
Tuesday is is Tuesday back. Wednesday's wrestling and verse climber. Wednesday we don't actually have like strength and conditioning. The versa climbers. Uh, the versa climbers is crazy. the conditioning. Um, at the end of two, at the end of Monday, there's this horrible conditioning circuit. It's the worst thing. Yeah. And uh, at the end of Friday, uh, we have a couple versa climber rounds that are also terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday's like chest and arms mostly, and Friday is legs before the verse climber and like you're. You're, you're just yeah. frying your body every day all the way through. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys score. You guys like keep track of the score. I love that you guys do that. We do on the, the times on the circuit. Yeah. So yeah. the Monday conditioning circuit, you write down your times. So like we do a thousand feet on the Versa Climber and you write down how long that took you. And then you get one minute break and then you got to do um, a thousand meters on the skier and yeah. you get a minute break. And then you do 200 calories on the Airdyne bike. Calories don't actually matter. It's just... It's, it doesn't account for like a person's weight or anything. So it's the same for everybody. It's just keeping track of how fast you're keeping it over a period of time. So you measure it in the calories, but yeah, you, you just give her on all of those and try and try and get the fastest times you can. Out of curiosity, just with the way your mind works, when you see everyone's time, are you very competitive in the sense of like, even just with that, I know you could be competitive in other things, like obviously fighting, but if you look at that, are you just like, I'm going to be the first one to have the highest time like do you care a lot about that well you you do you like you, you know you, you do get competitive about it right it's <laughs> yeah, like more it's in a natural. fun way but there's like things where i'm never gonna beat spencer jeb on, on the <laughs> yeah. versa climber he's known to just be an athletic uh, freak man he's like the, the undisputed king of the versa climber no one can touch <laughs> yeah. him but i'm the best at the airdyne bike so nice. if i can shave off a little more time on the airdyne bike there you know i can i can beat his overall time by a couple seconds sometimes you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. yeah it's kind of although he's gotten a lot better at the airdyne bike himself so it's getting to the point where my versa climber is going to have to improve a lot to <laughs> keep up with that little fucker but that's hilarious um yeah you, you get competitive if somebody yeah. has a shitty day you can point to it you, know, you yeah. gotta write your numbers down well, that's the best part i mean it won't be competitive if you didn't have as athletic freaks or training partners that are there with you. yeah right? if, if you could just go and be content with getting a mediocre times because you didn't yeah. know any better <laughs> and man like for even for me personally that's how i felt with with my transition with jujitsu like yeah. i remember feeling like oh i'm like i feel like i'm up there like as far as one of the top five guys is a purple belt in my gym. And then when I switched, I was like, I still to this day feel like a bottom of the barrel. But I like that. I like the feeling of knowing that there's guys better than me that I'm surrounded around. Because it just it just makes you, one, makes you want to show up way more often. And two, you, you actually understand that you're surrounding yourselves around better people. Yeah, you have to figure it out. If, if you're not... If you're not the best guy at something, then that's the person you want to go with for that thing. And then you try and get better and you try and you have some success in one thing. Well, I kind of got them with that or that kind of worked. And then you just build and build and build. And then hopefully one day you're better than them. Right. No, you just got to do that and everything. Exactly, man. Do you find like with, with your karate background, it's, it's been advantageous to your striking or like, if you didn't even do karate at all, do you feel like you'd still be able to be the striker you are? Yeah, I I think so. I don't think it, um, I think it helped me, especially in the beginning because that was my foundation. I could move in and out. Okay. Um, I knew some kicks that were okay. My roundhouse kick was garbage. I really had to work on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, was it like learning on how, like, you know how you, yeah, like, yeah, you in, had to unlearn martial arts. Yeah. yeah. But it could be a certain stance and things like that. Yeah. But I, I switched stances cause you do that in karate. So the switching stances came reasonably naturally to me. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it did definitely help me at the beginning. But if I would have trained with the, you know, the coaches I have now, even without it, I don't think I would be too much different. But it was a good, I needed it in order to get the ball rolling because otherwise I wouldn't have known where to start. Yeah. No, that's very fair. It's it's one of those things where, you know, sorry, I wanted to... I wanted to ask you and transition into the like monetary part of fighting. Oh yeah. Like I wanted to ask you with karate being where you all started and then driving that in MMA and then you making that transition. Did you like, did you ever have a moment when you started or halfway through and go, okay, this is what I'm making a living off of now. And, and did that change things for you? And how did that change things for you? Like when you associate money with fighting, like, what was that like? Well, I mean, I needed the paydays in all of my fights, but I was working another job for like, I worked at uh, Diamonds, which was a strip club in Edmonton mm -hmm. for like five years, right? Mm -hmm. So, or yeah, something like that. Uh, and without that, there's no way I could have gotten by. No way. Mm -hmm. the, the fighting doesn't pay until way later you're not yeah. making anything at you know you're fighting in local promotions or you know even then you got to stretch that out because you fight what a few times a year like yeah it's supplementary income and it definitely helps but you'd be really hard pressed to get away with doing just that without a job yeah um the only time where you said like when was the time where i'm like okay hey, i'm doing this for a living yeah it's now that's it yeah like every and not even at the start when i was in ufc not even i i was I was worried, man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my first <laughs> diamonds burnt down. So yeah. I had, I had no, I was working at a couple other clubs. They didn't, they paid what a bouncer would typically make, which is like a hundred bucks a night. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, and they're only open weekends. I'm only working like a couple nights a week or two or yeah. three nights a week. Picking uh, up shifts that's here nothing there. like that's, that's fuck all. Yeah. So whereas at diamonds i had it pretty good like i was making a, an okay amount of money you know Sweet. just but then it's gone so now i'm i'm like hey well you know but i'd gotten signed to ufc mm -hmm. so i'm like well this better work but i mean when you're making people people hear the amount of money you make that's sick well it's not like think about it when you start off in ufc if you're not anybody special they weren't you weren't somebody that they uh, really wanted for some reason and you you make the entry level amount which is 10 grand to show and 10 grand to win mm -hmm. Well, if you win, it's 20 grand. No, it's not. You're not getting all You get 30% to taxes right away and 20% to, to your manager. Yeah. You're, you're left with half of it. You're left with half. That's after know? winning and busting your ass off. Right. And so you're left with half about, I mean, it varies. Some people have a manager that's 10%, 15, 20 at the higher end. If it's more than that, that's horrible. But, you yeah. know, even 20s, 20s hard, right? Yeah. Um, the, it's it sucks you know you you win a fight and you you're making the same amount that i would have made without paying a manager without paying taxes if yeah. i if i fought for cash in yeah. some you know local league or or russian league or something like yeah. that you know what i mean so not until i i so i won my first fight in ufc i beat daniel spitz by decision i then lost to cyril gone by decision and then I, I knocked out Felipe Lins. And I was really, really bitter after that fight. It was a highlight reel knockout. It was viral. It got shared on everything. Like on, nuts. on Bro Bible. It was on TSN for like weeks. <laughs> yeah. TSN's top plays of the week. 
and I made 12 and 12 that fight and I got, uh, I paid to bring an extra corner down. So that was like over a grand and UFC takes that off your, off oh. your purse. Uh, you get one corner and then, um, I had an MRI that UFC required. So they charged me for that. And then I, uh, um, had to pay taxes and manager. And so like after, after this fight, like more than half of it's gone, you know? So it's Jeez. like, I'm sitting there. It's like I the was, biggest I was fight of your life. Like best you performance put, of my life. Yeah. You're around and the I'm, world I'm, at I'm, that I was point. pissed off. I was pissed off a day later. I'm talking to my manager and he's like, I've never encountered someone so bitter after a performance like that. I'm like, well, fucking sorry, man. Like, yeah. get me another fight. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? How do you want me to fucking live yeah. with that? I'm not going to rebox $3,500. Like, yeah, right on. Which gets taxed and manager gets a cut of. Totally. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's all fine. Like, yeah, I can get by. I can get by. I'm here having the best performance of my life. Yeah. Knocking out PFL's world champ who won a million dollars in 2018 in the PFL tournament. I've smoked him and I'm making like, you know, I get what, 15 grand and I got to pay a bunch of bills. What it's the fuck, fair. man? You yeah. know what I mean? What am I, what am like, I doing if I could have made that much or more in my own city, and then here I am being showcased well, on no, every... No, so I, I wouldn't have made that much in my in, in Edmonton. There, okay. There's no way. Yeah. No, that was still at the... At the time, like that's, you know, that's still decent. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But I felt like I was owed more. Yeah. I got mad a bit. You know, I didn't get a performance of the night bonus, whatever. Uh, so then I, I take that short notice fight against Rafael Pessoa on Fight Island. Yeah. And... Um, I get a, a contract renegotiation. They decide to sign me for four more fights starting at that fight. So, and then my contract shot up. So I got like a lot more money and I was finally like, and it was pretty much contingent. They didn't offer it, but I accepted the fight and they were like, yeah. Hey, here, like, we'll, we'll want to resign you then. Cause I kind of proved like, yeah, I just, I just had a great performance and I'm willing to fight someone on, on yeah, uh, that short notice, like two weeks notice or it's whatever. Nuts. Right. So, uh, yeah. Then, at that fight, uh, I won and I got um, I got performance of the night. Yeah, that was awesome. So now it's like, okay, well now that only now do I feel like I'm making yeah. enough money where it's actually a career. And, and I know I know Dana long. White said it's not a career; it's an opportunity. Well, at least I'm making <laughs> enough in this opportunity to to not just get by. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I'm doing okay. I can pay off. You know, I pay off my truck, shit like that. Like totally. put a little bit of money away, look to buy something, yeah. you know? And it's a, it's an awesome feeling. And it was a long time coming. It's like a final. I, I really, like, really earned it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely wasn't until now where I thought like it was actually, when am I making money and it's a career? Well, maybe now. Because before, if I have to work a job four nights a week, five nights a week to... Um, get by it's not really a career you know yeah and did that ever happen for you like win or lose in fights where you would have thought like you know what i'm sick and tired of living this way because rightfully so to your point you know you're balancing another job your lifestyle circumstances change like you obviously gotta love fighting and know that hey this is something I'm, I'm i'm doing and i know i'm good enough for it to make it to make more money whichever organization i end up in but my bad regardless of that do you find tanner that you i've lost my train of thought because this stupid cord but with what i was trying to say is did you ever feel like win or lose in a certain fight that if you end up losing you're like fuck this i can't do this anymore it's not gonna my, my life can't go this way anymore did yeah. that ever happen yeah there was uh there's um one like there was well actually you know what? there's probably a couple 
One was if I lost to Kilkenny when I fought Kilkenny mm -hmm. um, in Unified, which was the fight I won before I got signed to UFC. Kilkenny's he's good. You know, he's a he's a local guy, um, and he's got a journeyman type record. He's got a lot of fights, um, but he's not. He's he's not a guy that if you lose to, it's going to be easy to get into one of the big leagues. You know, mm -hmm. he's really good though. That's the problem. So it's like if I lose this, well, shit. Like well, I'm going to have to go get a job, and I'll keep fighting. I'll keep fighting, but I can't. I you know I'm I can fight in Russia probably. You know, and do do okay, but I need a job. Like, but that wasn't going to be an end game. Russia wasn't no, gonna be it like wasn't going to be an arrive. end game. Um, if I lost to Dave Cryer in ACB. Uh, in Montreal that I was I didn't know what I was going to do because I really needed money bad and um, I'd, I'd lost two in a row in ACB and although one of them was like a, a split decision it was a really close fight whatever I, I got then I got dominated by Dennis Smolder of my next fight I'm like if I lose three in a row I'm going to get cut from ACB and then it's like I had my shot in the big league and yeah. you know ACB is a big league a lot of those Russian leagues have some of the best guys in the world and people don't really want to acknowledge that or, yeah. or don't really realize it. I'm like, if I lose this third fight in a row and I get cut and then I have to fight at a local promotion again, like shit, you know, it's like I tried and it didn't work out. Gave it, gave it my all, you know, I've yeah. got to go do something. I'll, I might not quit fighting. I might still take a local fight here and there because I enjoy it. I like training. I like fighting, but that was like, that would have been, I had to do something because yeah, well. that was like, I like I'm, I'm, fucked yeah 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 because does it feel like you're a step close to a to a door that you've been trying to arrive at and if you end up losing you're back on the first step and now it feels like no it's just like i was the door there was the payday right yeah like winning you get a win bonus it doubles your money yeah right that's that's the step that's what i need totally so i won and i got knock out of the night for acb which was like an additional 10 grand so i was fine then i'm like yes. okay that was awesome it was like I was stoked, right? But that was one where I was. I felt that if I, if I couldn't win that one, then I gotta figure something out, and I gotta go get an actual career because, yeah. you know, yeah. How long you want to cling on, and you can keep doing it. You keep doing it for fun, and maybe one day you never know. Maybe UFC needs a guy in the call you up. But yeah. at a certain point, you gotta be like, well, fuck me, you know. <laughs> yeah, like what am time, I gonna do without waiting for a call? Kind yeah, of thing, like right? time to, time to go figure it out. But yeah, that didn't happen. I won that fight. And, you know, I, I won all the ones where my back truly was against the wall. So that's good. Damn. No, that's awesome, man. Do you like, are you, are you a big believer in any sort of, in because the way your story is and the way it shapes out to be, do you believe in any like higher power energy or like things were like, oh, you know what? It's not just me up here. Like you're just very much like, oh, fuck, it's up to me. No, and if because, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Because like, imagine, imagine going into a fight really believing you were, you couldn't lose because you were destined to win. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Imagine you go like, in no and you're matter like, what I got this it. is it. Like, you know, this is, it's, this is how it works. Like I win, you know, that's, that's destiny. That's the universe. Yeah. That's whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you go in there delusional like that. Fuck. It's game over. Like maybe you skate by a couple, but you're going to get a reality check because if you think yeah. that somehow you're more deserving or more destined or specialer than the guy you're fighting, you're, you're off of it, man. Like, that's where I kind of feel like, and I could argue with Muhammad Ali going into Joe Frazier, right? The first time he fought him. Okay. He, in a sense, decreased the amount he trained and was a little bit too verbal as he normally is to be like, I'm going to get this guy. I got this guy. I already know I'm going to win. Oh, Joe Frazier, he's got nothing on me. And he, in a way, he, he believed in that, but it didn't work to his benefit. But you also find 
if you did train really hard, you did everything you had to do, and you were maybe just like, what's this generation's version of Muhammad Ali? McGregor, right? Like, are you kind of in the zone of feeling like, oh, if I talk up the heat and it it it, it gets me all fired up and I'm going to have a better A game? Are you kind of just like, man, I'm in here to fucking fight? The, the whole kind of scheme of marketing myself up to be someone and trying to get inside that guy's head, do you not bother to do that well, kind of well, thing? I don't, but I mean, it doesn't mean it's wrong if somebody else does. Yeah, if yeah. somebody else fights better if they if they have some sort of personal beef or they're talking shit then who cares like people yeah. everybody's different in that way i don't you know i yeah. i don't i don't i don't ever want to feel like like i train so hard like i'm entitled to this win you're not man like he trained hard too yeah you know and if not well great then maybe you're gonna kick his ass but like you definitely should always think that I don't know. It's better to think that you're going in there to like almost die. You know, you're going in there to almost, I'm going to get stretchered out. This is going to be horrible. I'm going to destroy my ankles, my feet. I'm going to be so fucked up, man. I'm, I'm not going to be able to stand up for an hour after. Put that in your head. That way, if that happens, at least you were right. And <laughs> yeah. in a, in a, what, what happens if you're wrong? It was an easier fight. That's great. You know, take it. It's better to be prepared for, in my opinion, that's at least how I view it. It's better to be prepared for this horrible, horrible 15 minutes of your life. And you know what? Personally, you, you have no idea how much that resonates with me, man. Because like... I went into my first and only MMA fight, and I was just like, "All right, I'm going into a fucking fight. Like, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not fighting any Joe Schmo. I'm fighting a kid who wants it just as badly as me. He's two years older than me, and if, if I, I literally, I was just thinking, I was like, if I go out of this in 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 different pieces, I'm okay with it. Yeah, because like we're in a fight. This is no sparring match, and I find that's where, yeah, you, you, I just have to say that's that's huge. That's heavy. It's very accurate. I think so many guys feel like they can get out of there and like tell themselves that's going to be okay but you reach a certain level where you know like you're fighting a name now you're not fighting fighting a guy with just as many fights that person's going to come and bring it you know they're going to be like as wired in as you are yeah they should be yeah you know that's that's my approach to it doesn't mean it's right that's just how i how i do it everybody's different no totally no it's just neat to know the philosophy associated with it is there anything that like you do when you're not training tanner like as far as you find still helps you with your training if you know what i mean like the books you read or the music you listen to or like anything that amplifies your experience as a fighter as a professional martial artist Mm, probably not yeah like you know how like i'll give you an example i just can't help it because i see it every day kb just fucking loves listening to joe rogan that's just his jam right he'll slap on joe rogan everywhere he goes left right and center and he'll he'll read like certain books associated to taper his training mentally Right, he'll, he'll like listen to all the Joe Rogan episodes with certain MMA fighters. Is there anything in the MMA world that you kind of cling on to that's not just associated with you showing up at the gym per se? Like in the MMA world? Yeah, like like in the martial arts world, that's still associated with MMA. No, no, I don't. I like to, I like to train, uh, and I don't, I don't like to. It's like that's it's what I love doing. Yeah, but it's work. Yeah. So fair. I I like to go home and not not do anything related related to fighting like i like that i don't uh i'm i hate watching tape like really i I will because it's homework you know i gotta watch all of arlovsky's fights i gotta watch that because i because i have to because i got i'm gonna fight him and i'm gonna see some stuff but i don't want to like it just seems like work you know i don't i don't want to yeah i don't like i love watching live fights i love it it's like one of my favorite things to do 
but going back and watching fights where I already know what happens, I'm like, eh. yeah, I don't really like doing it. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast sometimes, but not really with fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, like I, I don't really. I'm not a guy who um, overly overly studies stuff or reads books about fighting or, or mm-hmm. watches tape of particular guys to try and learn stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool if they, people do. It's probably good, but it's just not something that I uh, enjoy doing, so I don't. Yeah, it's not like every minute of every day is an opportunity in your own time to do it. It's like, oh, yeah, doing... no, no. What do you do with that time? Well, I like I train for three hours, and then I eat, and then I'll maybe have a coffee if there's time and then I'll train again and then I'll eat and I'll go home. <laughs> it's all still training. I'll shower. <laughs> then the day's gone. Yeah. Nice, man. Do you have any, like, do you play any video games? Uh, not really. I play Pokemon Go all the time. Sick. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. It's a good time. Do you catch any crazy Pokemon? Sometimes. Like any, like, special Pokemon? You can. I think I know. Hold on. Ho-Ho and Mewtwo. Those are two, like, at the top of my mind. Both are good, of. yeah. Both good. <laughs> Do you have those? Uh, I have Mewtwo. I don't think I have Ho-Ho. Oh, shit. I think Ho-Ho is better. <laughs> no, the, it's not. The bad. name. The name, you know, has a good ring to it. A terrible name. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I don't know. You say here Ho-Ho. I always laugh because I'm like, who, na- who, names <laughs> a, who names a kid's video game character Ho-Ho? Like, that blows <laughs> my mind. It's Ho-O. Ho-O-H. Ho-O. Ho ho? Yeah. It's not ho ho? No. It's still a stupid name, but no. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. it was ho ho. No. Well that just shows how much Pokemon I play. Yeah, man. that's fine. It's KB probably... KB loves it. You know what? But that's that's the funny thing. Is like there's certain things that you find that you just need to shut your brain off and do. Like one thing that we had we had a previous guest, he's a good friend of ours. He runs like five physio clinics in okay. Edmonton and like really successful guy. KB goes to him, Raj Dillon from Pivotal Physio, shout out. He um, he told me this. We're just like, what do you do on your what do you do on on your time off? He's like, I watch mindless television. He's like, I just need to shut my brain off. Yeah. Watch something that has nothing to do with nothing. He's like, I just have it in the background. But it just kind of shows like everyone always thinks that most successful people and what they do like what are they doing in their off time? But I find you and him are just the proofs in the pudding. It's like, well, you don't always have to be on in the off time yeah i mean you know? maybe not for me and maybe not for him but maybe some people function best when they are on all the time i i know that's me yeah yeah i've noticed that i have to be yeah. like i have to fill my fucking calendar with anything and everything oh, yeah? <laughs> i can't sit still man oh, okay <laughs> fair enough yeah not not me man but it's nice to know that everyone's different right what's up what's on your soundtrack what do you listen to i listen to mostly folk music i guess really I like quieter music yeah uh, when it comes to rock, I really like Gaslight Anthem and uh, Brian Fallon, their lead singer. But for folk music, I'm big on John Brooks. He's a Canadian guy. Coulter Wall, um, Tallest Man on Earth. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I like uh, songwriting and I like lyrics. So oh, okay. I like I like if it's not a story, I like the lyrics to somehow be something abstract, but somehow my brain will figure out a way that it's profound. Uh, I hate all music that they played at Prebay when I worked there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Prebay songs. Oh, my God. Top 40 type music. Like the rap. I, you don't like rap and hip hop, I take it then. I don't like what currently is popular in terms of rap and hip hop. Like From a lyrical standpoint. I yeah, bet. from a lyrical standpoint. Like, why are they like, rapping? I can appreciate the, the golden age rap stuff. You know, your Biggie and Tupac. Like, yeah, that's not a music I like. I don't like it, but I appreciate it. Like, they're very talented and I, and I at least I get it. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes I'm like, you're just sitting there yelling Gucci gang like a hundred times. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck my life, man. How... Or anything Drake says is pretty fucking He's stupid. like, you made how many millions saying Gucci gang yeah, 60 like, times what over? What am I doing here, man? <laughs> Shit. Controls the wrong industry. Yeah. Fuck. That's crazy, man. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 I'm heavy on music. Like, I always find... By heavy, I mean it sets the vibe. Okay. Right? Like, boom. Okay, if we're coaching and I need to, to pump up a, a, a class of 30 people, okay, we got to have high-tempo music playing in the background. Yes. Well, if you're coaching right? and you need to hype up a class of 30 people, that's the play. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's going to work for most of those Gucci people. gang could that's work normal. in that case. It could work. It would probably work better than the music I listen to. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's it's just got a higher tempo. It, it seems like more upbeat. It might get... People, maybe you're not paying attention and at least the beats in the back of your mind. I don't know. Like, but again, that would work for most people. Most people get hyped up from listening to hyper music, which is makes sense. So that's totally, that's normal. What do you, what do you think is like three non-negotiables someone needs to like have or do if they want to be an MMA fighter? Like you're going to get fans listening to this. I know you're going to get people who you're going to get a heavyweight guy who's following your trajectory in the UFC who's probably already gone, he watched your previous fights, he looked you up, he wants to become an MMA fighter. So from your perspective, a couple things, three things, what are like non-negotiables that they have to, to like prime themselves in a six months or a month to have their first pro fight? Three things they have to be aware of from you. You have to join a gym. You have to have a coach and join a gym. There's a lot of idiots that, that'll message me and be like, yo, I want to fight. I'm like, cool, where do you train? Well, you know, like, yeah, you don't. They don't so go to a anywhere. gym. Here, I'll tell you the secret. Go to a gym. Listen to those coaches because maybe they're not the world's best MMA coaches. I don't know what gym you're going to, but guess what? They know more than you do. You don't know anything. Go to a gym. Listen to the coaches. Get in shape. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There's no secret. Like people want this great secret. There's not, man. You got to work hard. You got to train. You know, you got to get in shape and you got to, you got to, you just, you got to listen because you don't know shit even when you think you do. You don't know shit. So go listen to some coaches. Yeah. It's crazy how, I still am surprised by this locally. You'll get a, you'll get a guy who's like, no name Jim, like trains out yeah, of his friend's garage. Fighter. And you're like, oh shit. Okay. It's like, whoa. Okay. Anybody want to bet me? I want to bet. <laughs> bet on the yeah. other guy. Yeah. No, that that's huge, man. You got to be a part of some culture associated with showing you how to do things. Right. Instead yeah, you of can, feeling... you can watch all of the YouTube tutorials on how to do certain moves or combos. You know what I mean? But you don't know how to apply any of that. Yeah, you're hitting that combo with your friends, but you don't know. You don't know how it actually works. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that simple. It's not gonna work because you don't know how to apply it. Yeah. So you have to listen to some coaches. You got to figure it out, and you got to train. Like some guys wanna, they just wanna fight, and I mean, that's stupid. I did it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> like you I would felt never, like you had I would that? never tell. Oh, I, I, my first fight, I didn't. I wasn't. I was out of Bonnyville training with like my buddies. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. So I mean, that's definitely not what you should do. It happened to work for me because I got lucky. That's it. Yeah. That is it. I got lucky. What was like when you were at that point? Was it kind of a thing where you're like, oh, I'm doing this? Like, were you even thinking then? Was it like a bucket list thing or was it? It was kind of a bucket list thing, but I, I wanted to do it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm in high school and I'm like, yeah, like I want to 
I saw your fight. first fight, man. Yeah, that was what a, nuts. what a train wreck, hey? It was crazy. It was a war. It's like a fucking full on the like sloppiest, shittiest war of all time. <laughs> yeah, but I just remember people beside me and yeah. me being like, "Who is this guy?" Like everyone's like, "Who's this Tanner Bowser?" Look at him, like fucking going yeah. for it, man. It's, not, it's just crazy. Like looking back on that moment, that was over a decade ago. Uh, no, it was in 2012. So oh, we're okay. we're coming up uh, coming up on eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Where did the name Bulldozer come from? Uh, you know, I can tell it on this podcast. You so, can. You um, can. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, <laughs> so uh, Mitch Clark um, was trying to think of a nickname for me, mostly just because he was like bugging me. You know, he's just like, he's like, Tanner, we need to think of a name for you. And he's just like, what rhymes with Bozer? He's like, you know, like the, uh, he's like, and he was kind of just rattling stupid shit off. But he's like, you know, like the Bulldozer. The dildozer, dildo bozer. No, not dild. The dildozer, dildozer bozer. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! And so Mitch at the time, Mitch is in the UFC. You know, he's the man. I have like three fights, so Mitch is just calling me dildozer all the time. What, <laughs> yeah. what can I do? Right? I'm just like, shit. I. And then uh, we, I fought my fourth fight. I won. Uh, and Nadal, one of my friends, was cornering me, training partner at the time, and he he goes. Bro, you fucking bulldoze that guy. You should just be the bulldozer. And I'm like, you know, if I called myself the bulldozer, now I didn't give myself the nickname because Nadal just suggested it. And also Mitch calls me dildozer. So if I call myself bulldozer, it'll kind of be homage to Mitch's stupid ass too. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh. So I went with bulldozer after that. Oh, man, I love yeah, that. And it rhymes, so. It was a perfect blend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It starts with B. It doesn't have yeah. the stupid yeah. dildo reference yeah. in it. That's fucking awesome, man. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that on here too i love how you're like man i probably be. have yeah. you been asked that before a lot. On... And, I, and often i just default to saying that oh it just rhymes because yeah. i don't have you know if i'm doing like a 10 minute interview i don't want to spend half of it telling a story <laughs> about how it's called dildozer and <laughs> i'm not going to tell that on like you know some somewhere some uh some interview that's on yeah, like mma fight yeah league. what am i going to tell that to edmonton journal you know what i mean like they're not gonna write those write those they're gonna quote now. me they're gonna come up yeah. with the title that's the only thing they're gonna reference yeah. Don't worry, we won't make our promo that part. You know, yeah. we'll make sure if people want to listen, they gotta hear the whole episode. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, other than that, dude, yeah, this was fucking awesome, man. I feel like I got, I got to learn more about you, which is sweet. And I find what people might not know this, but like you and me trained earlier on for yeah, a bit. Yeah, you were too, you were my main sparring partner for well for my for my fourth fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah we. Uh, the old boxing coach Gareth at Hayabusa basically used to just lock us in the cage and yell at us to go <laughs> yeah. harder. Both just be leaking everywhere and fucking ca clearly concussed. Dude, you know, like I had to be, I had to mentally prepare myself. I'm like, yeah. I'm about to go against the like biggest, scariest man I've ever gone against who doesn't fucking hold back. Like I remember being oh, like, we nope. would just kick the shit out of each other, man. It was hilarious. It was awesome, man. Yeah. It was, those were great times. And I find like, it's a huge testament back to like training partners where whether you end up training together still or not in your life. And I feel like you and Nadal experience this too, where it's like, man, you yeah. become brothers. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's so easy to like have a conversation with. Nothing gets awkward. And I, if I find that's a beautiful part about martial arts in general. Yeah. It's like the moment you get locked up in a cage with somebody. Yeah, but you know someone after that, right? Like you, you kind of do. Like it's fucked up. You know how somebody says like you don't, I don't know if you've heard where somebody, I don't remember who, who the quotes attributed to, like, you don't know someone until you, till you fight them or like, you don't yeah. know a man until you fought him or something like that. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot about a guy fighting him. You know, if the fight goes the whole time, you don't learn a lot about a guy training with him. You train with someone and, and you spar hard and you, and you do a lot of rounds. You, you know, that person in like a, a weird way, yeah. you know, and, and you get a bond that is really, really hard 
to replicate or make in any other way as well because you've literally bled together you know you've you've fucking beat the shit out of each other like it's a true testament of grit man yeah i find like right off the bat you get to see like how much does how badly does this person want it and i don't even think like want it to win just like want it to be like can you still keep up yeah yeah. you know like that's a, that's the difference of sparring i'll lose complete respect for somebody if they just give up yeah i've i've done it. i've i've there was a kid i'm not he who came to hayabusa when I was training at Hayabusa and he had told me that he he uh, moved to Edmonton because he wanted to, to be a fighter and he heard this was a really good gym and he oh. wanted to train. I'm like, that's awesome because that's what I did, right? I, I had two fights out of Bonneville. I'm pushing my luck. I won both. But I'm like, I need to go train with like some pro guys with like good coaches because like it's really only a matter of time till I get my ass absolutely tuned in because I don't know actually what the fuck I'm doing. Right? After a few fights. So I recognize in. that. So it's like I go and I'm like, I kind of want like, I want this kid to do well because he did the exact same thing I did, you know? And then I seen him just give up in sparring. Like he was getting beat up, sure, but he just like quit and he's like, oh, I'm done, I'm done. But it's not like he got dropped or knocked out. Yeah, like, yeah. You just know, like halfway just, through a round he was of just, He was just done. He just got beat up and he gave up and I was like, you're a pussy. I'll never respect you. There's no way. Yeah. Like you don't, fuck you. I don't, I know you're weak now, you know? No, like totally. You don't have any, you don't have it. That's exactly. it. Exactly. You lost all so, my respect. I, if you, if you, there's people who are like me and, me and Teddy, man, or me and Graham, even me and KB, like, we, uh, there's, there's days you kick the shit out of each other, you know? Like, yeah. Might be more one on more than the other. And sometimes and it's in the same thing. People are watching sometimes now. I, sometimes I get the upper hand and then the other guy, I'll get the upper hand and the exact same thing the next day because everybody's good and everybody's getting better and learning. Yeah. And, no and one's sour hard. about it. You don't look at the guy and be like, oh, no. screw you, man. I'm no. never talking to you again. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah. It's shocking how that might still occur in some gyms where the ego gets the best of some guys. Yeah. And, I, I and, like, and some guys do, right? Yeah. But again, you know someone, so you, you, you figure it out, right? All yeah. right. If I... If I hit this guy too hard right here, he's gonna fucking snap. You know, am I, am I, am I prepared to deal with that right now or not? Which well, is fine. That brought me back, man, to like uh, I had those moments with Beaumont, right? Where oh, like God, Beaumont, yeah. like you, you just kind of press the gas a little bit more. He's out to get you. That's what I love about the guy. Because again, yes. back to like his personality is the yes. showcase that way, right? But um, if I look back to reference him back to what you talked about, about going into a gym, just another shout out to him because it reminds me where like he's somebody who signed up at Legends Training Center at the time when me and KB were training there. Yeah. Man, he was like three months in and he's like, let's do this. I'm ready to fight. Yeah. But what was good was I know he could have yeah. done that without signing up at the gym, but he's like, this is where I needed to do it. Mm -hmm. And he was a testament of showcasing that like, hey, if I got to fight, I got to be with people who are in the fight game. Yeah. And he put himself in a gym that was showcasing that, but he never gave up. No matter how many times oh, he felt like he had to like a guy like a guy like Beaumont, <laughs> you, you literally like have that. to kill in order <laughs> yeah. to stop him. And it's shown like, his fights. Yes, man. he he was one of he's one of the most entertaining fighters like I I've ever seen. Even though he only ever just fought like locally, yeah. Beaumont's an animal. You know, like there, and there's guys like that. Like you, where you you know somebody you respect them in a different way. Like yeah, like he wouldn't. He wouldn't, he wouldn't quit unless he was dead, you know, or the <laughs> yeah. ref told him he was done and he had to, you know what I mean? Like it's there's crazy. guys like that and not everybody is cut from that cloth, which yeah. is fine, but you better know that then, you yeah. know? No, hundred percent, man. I agree. As we conclude, man, I, I want to, want to kind of hear and know if, especially to everyone's curiosity, like if, if you look at things as a fighter, long-term or short-term, and I've started to recognize that fighters have, have they're either on one end of the spectrum of I want to be in the UFC I want to fight as long as I can like the Daniel Cormier approach yeah. or the approach of I want to get in I want to get out I want to get to the top 
mm. from there, make a name of myself outside, do whatever, maybe make my own gym, whatever it is. Sure. But like, how do you look at like how long you want to be in the game for? Okay, I want to be, um, I want to be there as long as I possibly can, cool. because, because as long if I can if I can be reasonably successful or do reasonably well in UFC, and I'm not talking about like getting a title shot or something like that. If I can like win more than I lose and stay there and my pay just constantly goes up till the point where I'm actually making like sick money, why wouldn't I do that? I have the opportunity to now, maybe. So I got to keep just training really hard and doing that. But yeah, I I would love to be that guy who's like 38 years old, who they want, oh, fuck, this kid's really good. He needs to get a guy to break him into the top 10 or top 15 or yep. get him to fight Bozer. Fuck, that's awesome. Like, a lot of guys go in there looking to be the champion and that's cool and that's good. But I mean, ah, man, I'm, <laughs> I, I'd be content to just be in there as long as I possibly can and be one of those old war dogs. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> I love that, man. But like, Hey, you know, that's how you know yourself so well. And you're not, you're not, you're not fooling anybody. No, know? I mean, there, there's, you never know what could happen, yep. you know, but like if we're honest and we look at the top guys it's like, do I look at Francis Ngannou and be like, yeah, I'd take Francis Ngannou. I'd fucking fight him if UFC told me to. You bet your sweet ass. <laughs> and I wouldn't tell my friends to put money on me. That's for damn yeah. sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck, man. I love that. It's so real. It's honest. It's honest. Right? Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, but, but if I fought Stipe and he looked like he did last fight, I'd beat his fucking ass. How about Cormier as well? Cormier's retired. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Cormier's done. We don't have to mention him. Yeah, that's kind of a... I don't know if that's really necessarily a sad way to go or if it's like, should he have retired early on? And it, it's his why, own Why? Because how much money do you... You know, people like to say that about fighters. Oh, he needs to retire. He's done. He needs to retire. Look, if you could train the way you've been training for a big part of your life and yeah. walk into walk into a fight, and if you're Cormier, and you make... I mean, he's got endorsements. He's got that the extra money Reebok gives you from being in a title fight, blah, 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 blah. All, never mind all that shit. Okay, all the extra money he's making from all that stuff, just UFC. If he walks in there and he makes half a million dollars to fight, who is anybody to tell him not to? Well, I don't know, man. He's kind of past his prime. He needs to hang him up. <laughs> Fuck you. If you could walk in anywhere and go make half a million dollars, you'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Go until they fucking tell you to go home, man. <laughs> yeah. Fucking show up till they don't let you anymore. And that's to your point about like the whole, oh, leave when you know you're on the top. You're just kind of like, screw that noise. Just It's up to everybody. If your yeah. legacy is more important, that's fine. But like legacy yeah what's that pay for you know i mean that's cool but it depends that's an individual an individual journey i guess but yeah i mean i don't think anybody unless somebody's really out there getting really like hurt constantly and there's very few examples of that i feel like Mm -hmm. in in the highest level like in ufc like maybe some guys start to lose a lot more of course when they get older that's what happens but but it's not like all these guys are like I'm gonna use I'm gonna use Robbie Lawler as an example. He fought uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. He lost to Neil Magny. Now Neil Magny's an animal. He's been an animal for a long time. He's extremely underrated. He's a beast. But Lawler got worked. It's like his fourth loss in a row. Yeah. Okay. He got dominated there. He got absolutely whooped by Colby Covington. He hasn't looked great, but he's not getting fucking mangled. Like yeah. Covington did put a beating on him a bit. I'd say he's hanging in there. But still. he's but he's hanging in there. And yeah. so. If UFC wants to pay Robbie Lawler, I don't know what he makes, like two, three hundred grand to show up and fight on the main card because everybody's still stoked to see Robbie Lawler fight. Who is me or you to say, I don't know, man, Robbie Lawler should retire. He's not out there getting hurt. 
Yeah. Sure, he's maybe still he, having entertaining fights. Yeah, I and mean, maybe he loses most of them now. But why is it up for me or you to say that a guy like that shouldn't go make like a ton of money and maybe like you put his kids through school or or you know save like fucking pay uh, buy a house for his mom or something? Yeah, like, who yeah. knows? Like that's his own decision. Why? why yeah, it's not really up for people to. In my opinion, it drives me nuts for the most part when people start calling for retirement when a guy loses a couple of fights. It's ridiculous. And that's like, do you find that this is a fight fan thing or just a sport fan uh, thing in general? I don't know. I don't follow enough sports close enough. Yeah. But I mean, you definitely see it a lot. And yeah. like, the thing is, is, is so much is based on a single performance. If an athlete in another sport has a bad game, they get to have another game. <laughs> In like a week or you whatever. Know, sorry, I'm only laughing because I'm thinking of when you get a guy who's probably never trained for a fight, let alone be in an MMA gym. Yeah. And he goes up to you. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but he goes up to you and he's like, hey, Tanner, man, maybe if you just, if you, if you, if you, if you turn that you left hook no just idea. a, just a little bit more, eh? If you, no idea. <laughs> if you got Some him, you would have got him, eh? <laughs> yeah. Some of the messages I receive Fuck. after fights have been the most infuriating things in the world. Yeah, like you can't even even from loved ones and by loved ones I mean maybe like people who've known you in the past sure. friendships like is that ever even happened you're just like really like did you I really wouldn't just say tell me like that? a loved one and I wouldn't even say like a good friend you know what I yeah. mean if if somebody I knew well would be like hey how come how come this happened you'd be like oh well it was because of this and then they oh okay well they I was just curious explain it right but I I have had people that like I I know but I don't know like super well but like you know I knew them and and they come at me with fucking paragraphs of advice oh, after I lose, you know, after I lost to gone, this guy that I, I knew like back from Bonneville had all the advice in the world for me and fuck man. Like it was, it was, I just told him to go fuck himself. I mean, you fucking go fuck yourself. You're fucking <laughs> You're like, just, Seriously. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? You don't know a goddamn thing. And his justification was like, I know I probably watched more UFC fights than anyone, you know, Oh no. cool, bro. Watch bro. Fucking cool. Like, yeah. If I see him at the bar, I'm going to slap him in the face. You know, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to let him me. in. <laughs> Show me, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Well, you know what? That's a huge testament, people. If you're listening, just don't, don't. If you want to say hi to Tanner on a DM, say hi, but don't give him <laughs> fight advice. <laughs> Fucking infuriating. No, that makes sense, man. That's fair. And that's good. People, I think you're going to, you're going to have a lot of fighters. Thank you for saying this. Because I can imagine it's a big, I it's, bet. it's universal, right? You know, you know what else happens to a lot of fighters in DMs? People messaging them, being like, "Bro, I need to hear that you're 100 percent sure you're gonna. I, I'm be, I'm gonna bet, bro. I I'm confident in you. I'm confident. I'm putting down like two grand, bro. I'm putting down like two grand. I need to hear. I need to hear it from you that you're confident, man. You. Tell me you're gonna win that fight, bro. Because I'm confident, but I want you to say it. I'm putting the money down. Like, look, douchebag. Like, how you choose to gamble is up to you. I, yeah. I'm gambling more than anyone else with my fucking career and my, my longevity and my life, man. I, if I win, I get twice the amount of money as I get. I'm betting more on myself than any other person in the world, I hope. Who's going in there betting 50 grand on yeah. me? Smarting the fuck up. You know, don't do that. Well, that's when you recognize, I bet, that these people don't look at you like a human anymore. They look at you like some sort of prize possession. I guess, but it, it's, it's, like, it's just so stupid. I, I'll never, most of them I just ignore, right? I just ignore, but it's yeah. sometimes like... Sometimes every now and then you're like, like, look, <laughs> how the fuck, if you fucking message my opponent, first of all, he's not going to reply either, you dumbass. <laughs> but it's like, if if you messaged him, he's not going to be like, oh, you know, I think he's got this one. You're like, <laughs> fuck. 
Everybody thinks they're going to win. Yeah, exactly. We have to go fight about it. I think I'm going to win. He thinks he's going to win. And we got to go fight about it because yeah. we both think the same thing and one of us is wrong. That's how it works. Like, no one's 100. If anybody tells you they're 100% sure, they're delusional or they're a fucking liar. So I don't know what you're looking for, but you don't understand shit. You know? Oh, it's Straight infuriating. Up, no, so many people are dumb. I can imagine, man. Holy shit. That's just something that comes with the. It comes, comes with the territory, the deal, I guess. Right? Yeah. Just, you're going to get all sorts of different things. You get opinions. that blue check mark on Instagram and a yep. shitload of message requests from <laughs> fucking morons. I wonder if, like, have you ever had, or, or recently, obviously, because this has all kind of come really fast yeah, yeah. in the last little while. Yeah. And, it, and by fast, I don't mean like you're thinking, oh, well, clearly it wasn't fast. Like, you worked fucking hard to be where you're yeah, yeah, yeah. But fast lately, as far as maybe all of this coming out once. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. So, in that case, has there been any other stupid shit that's happened? Like, like people being like, Tanner, man, like, it'd be really cool if you came to, like, this... Like, I don't I'm guessing, but I wouldn't be surprised. Come to this party show face. Uh, maybe look, pretend to be, like, my friend. Like, anything, like, horrendously, like, out of the ordinary that's just humorous uh, in nature. There's, like, some. sometimes you get, like, bro... I know how to promote you, man. We'll get you to the next level. It's like they want to be your next let me manager. Be your promo manager, bro. Wow. I'm like, and then you like look at their page, and there's like, you're just a dude. You don't even have like a promo company with like some some athletes or celebrities or something. Like, what are you talking about? People just get they just want to be friends with somebody that they think is like cool or or semi famous or something, and then and then tell all their boys, tell stupid, all their friends, tell their friends like, yo, you know, I got this guy's number. You know, he's fucking. It's yeah, crazy, yeah. Man. I, and it's it's not the end of the world, you know. Some people yeah. people are your fan, and some people are just weird or awkward. I feel like you can. I have... feel like the girl MMA fighters for sure get way worse than I do. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. What do I got to complain about? People, All of a sudden, you got nasty show. Yeah, people <laughs> people wanting to bet on me and wanting me to confirm I'm for sure gonna win and shit. And like, you know, I, I reply to some if I can. You know, just people who say like, "Hey, I didn't." I never seen you fight before. That was an awesome fight. I'm I'm a fan now. I'm I'm Canadian too. Cool. That's great. That's awesome. You know, that's that's really great. But yeah, when when you start getting the fucking meathead, look, bro, I think you'd do really well against this guy if you would do this. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. That's you pure know, comedy. I, I just for the sake of comedy, I, I find it funny. I don't come show to up to the pipeline and tell you how to fucking <laughs> fit that pipe. How in to do your job? Here you go, that. buddy. Special guest. Break. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Well, you know what? To tee off, brother, I I think this was a mix of. Uh, you know, entertainment, of course, it was a mix of like, not only, not only just being able to catch up, but also just like learning more a little bit about your philosophy behind like being, being a fighter and like just being who you are as a human and, and just kind of learning more about you in detail, man. So I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, cool. And, um, you know, being that our whole moral premise around the podcast is like how to survive you know, to the gen pop, the general population. <laughs> we use marketing like... terms. It's another marketing term we use at Good Life. like Korean kids singing or something? <laughs> gen pop. <laughs> it probably is, but it's short for general population. Okay. But for the, gen, for the gen pop who are listening, are there any daily routines you do or supplementation or food or anything health related that like you take and you're like, oh man, like I, I, I take this every day or like I just do this whether I'm a fighter or not and it makes oh. me feel good. That it would be neat to know from your from your personal perspective, but something we could share to our audience if they want to give it a try. Yeah, I don't take any supplements or any, anything, man. No supplements I, I is eat, the answer. I eat, I eat a lot of meat. 
I guess. And I feel good after I do it. I mean, I'm not giving anybody diet advice. I'm not a dietitian. Yeah. I feel good after I work hard and train hard if I eat like steak or something like that. But I mean, Perfect. that that's what makes me feel feel good and refueled. That doesn't I mean it's right for people if they're not training for five hours a day, right? Like who yeah. knows? But uh, yeah, I, I don't have um, any sort of secret supplements or uh, anything like that. No, not yeah. my not my kick. That's fair, man. There you go. So just no supplementation at all. I love it. Yeah. And a lot of meat. Yeah, I don't take protein powder, so yep. I mean, you, you get enough from the meat itself, and right? And, yeah, that's fair, man. And the last final question, you know, being on the second floor, uh, this is something we asked in season one. Um, you know, I'll bring it to your attention too. We talk a lot about you know elevating and like you know getting to the next level and you know following your passion per se. Um, what do you feel like from your personal opinion, Tanner? What does it take to get to the next level? Like, what is that like? thing or certain elements that you've done that has allowed you to get to the next level um that would be neat to to kind of feed upon i do best when i'm bitter and angry (laughs) (laughs) you gotta get real emotional about things off about stuff no it's just like you know, I fucking had to pay like so much in fucking taxes fucking bullshit that's just trying to get like just trying to get ahead. You know, how the fuck's a guy supposed to get ahead? It just makes me mad. And then I just like, and I like don't, uh, I think one time one of my friends texted me and he said something about like, it was before my first UFC fight. And he's like, you know, fuck this guy, man. He's trying to take everything you work for. I'm like, no, he's not. He's trying to scrape through this fucking miserable life. Same as me, but I'm going to kick his fucking ass because that gets me ahead. <laughs> so let real. him die, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, that's, it's not going to be me out yeah. on the stretcher. It's going to be that guy. And I'm going to go double the money. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. No, that's fair, man. Fuck. Well, you know what? I love how real you are, man. This was honestly a slice, and I appreciate you, man. Where where can people find Tanner Bozer if they want to yeah, like, go cool. into your DMs and, and, and give you hell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Bulldozer Bozer on Instagram and Twitter, Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer on Facebook. I'm also going to give a quick shout-out to my sponsors, uh, PPS, Paul Pedal Services. Thanks for everything. Premier Built Garages, uh, BBN Consulting, and, of course, Mealcraft for... Uh, hooking me up there and keeping me in shape. So those are my uh, current sponsors and everyone I got to shout out, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Love it. Anytime, Tanner. That's a wrap, brother.